This is our second lab on 1 Peter 3, 8, and 9. And this time, we're going to simply ask two questions, and both of them have to do with verse 8. One is how these five emotions, or are they emotions, relate to each other. Unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, humble mind. That's one. And the other is when you are commanded to have them, and to the degree that they are emotions or affections, how in the world do you go about obeying a command to feel? So, Father, those are the two questions we need your help with. What are these five things, and how do they relate to each other? And you're telling us to have them, and some of us are listening, and we don't have them, or we don't have them nearly as fully as we should. We're not as tender as we should be, or as humble as we should be. How do you, Father, how do we obey this command? I pray this, I pray you'd help us now in Jesus' name. Amen. So, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, tender heart, humble mind. Now, I've used the word emotions for these. That might be a little misleading. Probably you would stumble over maybe calling unity of mind an emotion, um, humble mind. But consider this. Um, this word mind here, homophrones in Greek, is like mindset. This would be a... Um, having the same mindset, attitude. This one would be um, feeling with. That's what sympatheo means in Greek and in English. Sympathy, or feel with. It's the feeling word deep down in your heart. Brotherly love, this word love is not agape, but phileo, and so this is like um, a family affection. Not just a, a set of deeds, but the way families feel toward each other. And tender-heartedness, you splunknoi, good bowels, is, is feeling deep down, feeling for, or feeling well disposed towards. So this is a feeling. And humble mind is a lowly, a lowly mindset. It's got the same root as, as this right here. So it begins with a unified or similar same mindset ends with lowly mindset. Now, one of the things I think it's helpful to do can be very frustrating, like here, I think. Whenever you have a list of something, it would be good to ask, 
how do they stack up? How, how do, does the first relate to the last, the middle one relate to the ends? How, why are they ordered the way they are ordered, and, and why has he chosen the ones that he's chosen? And frankly, I don't know for sure. I haven't been able to see it yet. But here's some, here's some thoughts. Um, it looks like with that similar ending there, and it's true in Greek as well as English, a, a, a similar mindset and a lowly mindset might mean that this, the humble mindset, um, defines more clearly what the nature of this unity is and what the foundation of it is. How, how do you get unity in the church in, at the heart level? And, and surely at the root of the answer is going to be lowliness and humility and willingness to count others more significant than yourselves. So it might be that the first element and the last element explain each other with this being the root and, and maybe this being the fruit. And then I notice that sympathy and tenderheartedness, these two words, are uh, feeling with others, and this is feeling for others, a, a tenderheartedness for them. This is, it stresses the relational dimension of, of, of tenderness, and this would stress the disposition of, of wanting good to come to the other person. Both of them are, are very warm, tender, kind, empathetic, inward feelings, and then in between both of those is the one in the middle, brotherly affection. So I'm not sure just why they're in the order that they're in, but what, what stands out to me is that before Peter says anything about repaying uh, evil with a blessing, before he gets to the level of behavior, he's dealing here deep down with aspects of our personality that need to be renovated, right? John Piper is not by nature humble. I'm not by nature tender. I'm not by nature sympathetic. I'm, 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 a, I'm a proud person. I tend to be hard. I don't, I don't tend to crawl inside other skin very naturally. I need to be totally reworked right? From the inside out before anything amazing like this is going to happen. So that's what strikes me is that verse 8 is amazingly inside oriented. And so here's, here's the other question we have to ask. How do you obey the command to change at that deep level since you don't have immediate control over your humility and you don't have immediate control over your tenderheartedness and you don't have immediate control over whether you're a sympathetic person. You either are or you aren't. These things are, are spontaneous coming out of the nature of who we are and therefore we should feel absolutely desperate when we are told all of you have these things. And Peter would say, I don't care whether you are by nature. It doesn't matter to me whether you are by nature. By your new nature in Christ, this is what you should be. So my question is, how do you obey? And I've given thought to this, and it doesn't always pay it to do it this way, but sometimes it helps to read all over the book, all over First Peter, looking for clues. And so that's what I did. And, and I found five ways to move toward obedience, and I put them all under 
under, I made them all ours. So first thing we want to do is repent. That is, I, John Piper just needs to admit it. I'm not humble and I'm not tender. Whoever desires to love life and see good days, this is, this is uh, 3, 10, 11. Let him keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. Let him turn away from evil. That's what I mean by repent. So just admit your evil and turn away from it. Second, resort to Christ. So when you turn away from evil and you say, I don't want to be a proud person. I don't want to be hard-hearted. I, I want to be empathetic and kind and tender. You turn first to Christ as you come to him, chapter 2, verse 4, come to him, that living stone, rejected by men, but in God's sight, chosen and precious. And when you come to him, what do you find? He himself bore our sins, this is 2.24, in his body on the tree. By his wounds you have been healed. That's what I need. I need to be healed of my pride and my hard-heartedness. And, and when I find that my sins are forgiven and and it's done at the cost of Christ himself dying for me. There's a breaking that happens inside that produces a, a lowliness that begins to yield the fruit of tenderness as we resort to the gospel and to Christ. And third, we now relish some new sweet aspect of Christ that meets our needs and secures our future like newborn babes long for the pure spiritual milk. This is two, two and three. Long for the pure spiritual milk. I think that means the word that by it you may grow up into salvation if indeed you've tasted that the Lord is good. So you're, you're tasting and relishing the goodness of the Lord in the word of God. And this is yielding a, a sweet fruit on the inside. And the fourth thing is now you pray, you request for the eyes of the Lord are on the righteous, 312, and his ears are open to their prayer. And what do we pray? God, help me. God, change me. God, take out the heart of stone and put in the heart of flesh and cause me to be an empathetic and humble and tender and affectionate and unity-producing person. And then finally, resolve. That is, go ahead, this is 3.9, go ahead and don't repay evil for evil. Resolve to do the outward behavior that flows from the inward change, even if the inward change is only slowly coming to pass. Go ahead and resolve not to repay reviling for reviling, but to bless those who curse you. So the big amazing thing is this. When you tackle the Christian life, and you are called upon to do unbelievable things like that. Don't repay evil for evil, but on the contrary, bless. Bless your enemies. Bless those who curse you. Don't think you can tackle that before you tackle that. Peter goes to the inner person first, and he goes there with the gospel, and then he takes us here.